Welcome to episode 10 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. I am here with our special guest this week, Jake Murchison. Say hello, Jake. Good evening. Hello. Good day. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's your first time on as a solo guest. Last time you went on with Mr. Maracas and uh, and Kyle with his dodgy soundboard attempt. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we, that wasn't very successful, but we'll see how we get on today. Uh, it was experimental, wasn't it? Yeah. Not an <laughs> experiment I care to repeat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to do our usual format, uh, including the, the now not-so-special special feature. Um, and this week we will be focusing on IDP, um, which is obviously a feature of this league and something that is pretty new to all of us. So we thought that we'd have a little crack at who are the good players and how does IDP work a little bit. Um, Cause I think it's been like a really good little wrinkle for the league this season um, and something that we're looking to expand a bit more next year. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. We will start off with our usual headlines for the week. So uh, headline number one, I had um, kind of like, jointly the Vikings and Bills and Justin Jefferson, but focusing just on the the Vikings and Bills, what a crazy, incredible game. Uh, yeah. The Vikings obviously uh, eking at the, the win. Um, I think the real story of the game for me is that the Bills had four red zone turnovers and that's ultimately what really cost them the win. Absolutely. It was a very, very entertaining game. Um, I've got some... Uh, Facts here. So, um, Josh Allen, he's not very good in overtime. I think he's lost his last four games in overtime and essentially cost him the game uh, with the fumble and the. Was it, was there an interception in OT? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. And like as good as he's been all season, it was just a shame to see. Yeah, I thought that you could see his injury a little bit. Not in his runs. His runs were crazy. Like the guy clearly has no regard for his body or physical safety. Um, but I thought that you could see it in some of the throws. Uh, and I, I think that that may be a feature over the next few weeks while he tries to get back to full fitness. Um, not taking anything away from the Vikings. They they hung with them. They, they did great. And obviously Jefferson was amazing. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I felt like it was mostly the Bills losing the game. Um, but you've got to be there to win it, I guess. Kirk Cousins, what can you say? What a player. Oh, I, like I have said many things uh, about Kirk Cousins, uh, but I probably had to swallow my words after this week's performance and the fact Just that they're now eight and one. Yeah, very impressive. But I do have some facts and figures on that when we get to Justin Jefferson that will okay. uh, shoot down all, all the Kirk Cousins lovers, uh, chief among them, uh, Jack Francis. So <laughs> um, should we jump into Jefferson? Go on, and you go. Yeah, so... Um, do you think that one-handed catch that he made where he just ripped it out of the cornerback's uh, hands, do you think that was better than the, the famous Odell catch? I think the Odell catch is overrated. I've always said this. that You see so many amazing catches in the league now, including that Justin Jefferson one, which was incredible. It was very, very good. He's uh favourite for the Offensive Player of the Year now. And it's uh, no surprise, really. Yeah, he's. Uh, we talked about him a lot in week four on the podcast, actually, after watching him live at the uh, Tottenham Stadium. Um, 
that he was just like a really, really great right runner. And obviously they used him out of the backfield on, on a touchdown as well. So, you know, it's hardly the first time anyone's talked about Justin Jefferson, but uh, he's really justified Valen picking him at, uh, at 103. Um, mm-hmm. And that it's only that weird 1.4 point performance against the Lions that means he's not the number one wide receiver in fantasy at the moment. But in, in all other regards, he, he has shown himself to be the best wide receiver in football right now. That's funny because you'd expect one of the bigger games against the Lions defense, wouldn't you? Yeah, most other people have had insane games against the Lions, but for whatever reason, he was poor in that game. Um, he had nine receptions in this game, uh, which had a less than 50% completion probability as calculated by NFL Next Gen Stats. This is where we get into the Kirk Cousins yeah, of yeah, it all. Right. So he's just tossing him up and expecting Jefferson to come down, which is a skill in itself, uh, I will admit. But the the catch, the one we mentioned, the amazing catch, had a 28% completion probability when he tossed it up. And uh, Jefferson did all the work there. Uh, he's basically thrown an interception and Jefferson has bailed him out. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, he's got that. He, he it was the highest uh, since next gen stats were starting to be tracked uh, with those nine receptions with a sub fifty percent completion probability. And it's not like nine was slightly more. The nearest after that was six. So it was a <laughs> remarkable performance. There's some of those catches that you know, if you throw it up to like I don't know Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, that those balls are not coming down uh, with with the same frequency. So fair play to him. What what a performance. Brilliant. Anything else on the Vikings and Bills, mate, or just Jefferson? Uh, I've only got Air Offensive Player of the Year. Did you, would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think I think um, Tyreek Hill is number two, on, and but I don't think he's anywhere close. Even uh, Tyreek's racking up a lot of yards. He has been yeah. really, really good. Um, but I don't think you see those kind of performances where he puts the game on his back like Jefferson did in this mm-hmm. one and has done at other points this season. Plus, I'm sure Baker would love us saying that Tua is a significantly better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Slightly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate. Next headline that I captured here was um, what I've called kind of running back fragility or kind of, you know, the running backs not kind of being what you expect them to be. So, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, uh, the the kind of list goes on to players like you know Eli Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, Ceh. That all these guys are like losing their jobs. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not through injury; it's through performance or scheme or or whatever. And running back, I don't think has ever been as kind of volatile as it is right now. You you don't know when you take a running back at the start of the season whether that player is going to end the season as the starting running back or not. And it just seems absolutely mental. It was up to this week where I thought um, they would do that with Jonathan Taylor. He, he, with, with the performance he had this week, I think he's safe. Um, yeah. But like you said, like I think Leonard Fournette, I've got Leonard Fournette here. Um, he did have a hip injury, but he wasn't performing that well in that game anyway. And then, uh, is it, what's the... Rashad White. Yeah, Rashad White. He put up a hell of a performance, 100 yards I think he had. But it's the same with uh, Jalen Warren. He's yeah. come in. He's doing well. But like you said, like, do, do you think uh, they try the force in the younger running backs? Because the Chiefs running backs in now isn't easy. A rookie. Pacheco, yeah. Yeah. He's taken so, over. <clears throat> yeah. But 
it's yeah, it's it's weird to see. Yeah, but I think if, I think it, more and I more think schemes. It, yeah, yeah, more, more schemes are just using multiple running backs, and and then mm-hmm. one when one guy kind of catches fire, they they tend to just put more in his direction. Like nobody thought at the start of the season, Jamal Williams would be the starting lead running back no. for the Lions. There was like talk of a sixty forty or something like that, but. You know, um, Swift only played 30% at the snaps. And I know he's not fully fit, but that just seems mental for a playmaker yeah. like him. So Absolutely. if these running backs get the trust of their coaches, they are getting the the run of things. And that you, makes it so Jamal difficult. Jamal Williams for still um, rushing leader in touchdowns? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's got so nine, is he? Yeah, he's just reliable, isn't it? And like you said, once they perform well, they they put him in for those situations. Yeah, this this headline was sort of somewhat inspired by like I was having a bit of a text exchange with Dawson, who's who's hitting me up for a little bit of trade advice in his other league, and he's looking at running backs, and we were talking about Ceh and Najee were the consensus one hundred and one rookies in the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one drafts, and now neither of them could be starters right. next season. That is mental. Like from a dynasty fantasy football perspective, you invest in that 101 and you expect that guy to at least be relevant for five years. And these guys are not relevant after two. I don't think it will happen this year because Brees Hall was absolutely incredible and hopefully he comes back from that ACL. Hopefully, yes. Bloody hell. I'd be devastated if if I drafted one of those guys and invested all that draft capital. Well, the first... uh... Uh, Edward Salad, Shiner invested so much in him when he drafted him in every league and he just didn't perform. And unfortunately, Shiner finished near the bottom, which is very sad. Devastating, as you yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, next headline I had Patrick Mahomes. I talked about him a little bit last week, um, just sort of, you know, complimenting him and saying, you know, what a great job the Chiefs have done without Tyreek Hill. And although Tyreek Hill is doing really, really well in Miami, but mm-hmm. he was brilliant again this week and kind of helped Kyle absolutely batter my team. He's just quietly going about his business, isn't he? Yeah. He's currently the QB2 on the season. He's not been under 28 points. And over his career, his fantasy finishes since he's been the starter have been one, seven, four, four. And it looks like he'll be top three this season, barring an injury. He's just so consistent and he's so and how good. old is he? He is twenty seven years old. We've got a lot of years to go then. Yeah. He's yeah, he's um he's MP, MVP favourite. Yeah. And it's no surprise really. Yeah, he's putting up some great performances. He's number one in pass yards and passing touchdowns. Uh, he's got the best completion rate of his career and the most yards per game in his career. And that includes that crazy first season he had when he put up 50 touchdowns. Like uh, <laughs> he is like perfecting his game. And it's, I think it's just been quite quiet because everyone's been like, oh, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, like yeah, these guys are yeah. great. But Pat Mahomes is like still there, absolutely dominant. And um I, you know, I think I put Chiefs as the favourite in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, next headline, mate. I'm going to sort of throw this one over to you because it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Germany yes. uh, getting a win, uh, yes. not against all odds, but against a team that had a better record. So I will shut up now and let you wax lyrical about I'm, the Bucs. Yeah, I haven't really got much to say. You know, uh, Brady isn't done. I think uh, that's confirmed. Uh, he looked amazing. Um, the only thing I was a bit upset about was um, the Mexican wave in the second quarter or the first quarter. Like, don't do that. Let's just enjoy the game. <laughs> all right. 
uh yeah we did well to shut down walker i think uh yeah you had a very quiet game i heard uh somewhere that eight hundred thousand people wanted tickets for that game in germany that's mad isn't it yeah like sixty-seven thousand seat stadium but yeah every, everything looked good i'm I, i'm not sure about the bucks still what do you think um I think if they can continue to put together enough offense, which they did this week, uh, and it, you know, if Rashad White turns out to be a bit mm-hmm. more dynamic than Fournette, then you know they're probably going to make the playoffs because the NFC South is dreadful. Yes, um, and you never know. Once you make the playoffs, like you go on a run, you know, Brady's been there before. A lot of the other quarterbacks haven't. Um, yep. They've got really, really experienced players. So I, you know, if they if they come in as like the four seed by by winning that division, like you don't want to get the Bucks. Like that's a that's a pretty it's horrible be, draw. What's, what's the is it NFC NFC East? Uh, one of those. Won't it? Yeah, is I it don't, Eagles, it, it, it'll Cowboys, probably be Giants. one of those one of those three teams that comes yeah. out of the NFC East, which is looking likely. And you know, you go away to Tampa. Um, we all know that if it's the Cowboys, the Cowboys will choke. That's what they yep. do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're the Cowboys coming into Tampa Bay and playing Tom Brady, you've got to be pretty fearful, um, even as bad as they have looked at points this season. Yeah, I think uh, I keep saying it. Once we get our centre back as well, hopefully that, that um, duo, Brady and is Jensen. Okay, yeah, Ryan Jensen. Yeah. yeah, those two. And then get hopefully get things going, but I, I blame I Todd Bowles. I just don't like him. I just don't think he's got uh, enough oomph. Like he doesn't see. He's a very like quiet coach, and like doesn't get anyone fired up, and it's just not good. And then I think they were is it Leftwich is doing yeah. the play calling. They're having a go at him as well. Like on that last drive, Brady did is the last week. I think he was calling the plays on that one, and he was he was unbelievable. He looked like Brady of younger days, and it was just um, I don't, yeah maybe maybe they just need to switch things around and uh, try try something a bit new because it's not been that great at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but you know, are you top of the division now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the yeah. Falcons won, didn't they, or Panthers won? Some one of the two. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, finish top of the division, mm-hmm. go on a playoff run. You never know what, what can happen. What We've all seen Brady weave way too much magic in January uh, in the past. So uh, I would be feeling pretty confident uh, if I was you. Uh, so, yeah, good. Uh, last headline for me, uh, unless you've got any more, is the uh, Cole Komet situation. Uh, the guy was universally derided, uh, particularly by his his owners, the Ballers duo, <laughs> who who absolutely hated the guy after three weeks. He seems to have formed like a, a pretty strong connection with uh, with Justin Fields since he yep. started to emerge. He obviously had like a fifty yard touchdown this week, uh, which was a, a great piece of play by by Fields and Komet breaking free. And he's the top tight end since since week eight, and he's um he's second in touchdown scoring amongst tight ends for the season. So he's emerged as people expected him to just in a sort of really weird late season well mid-season way maybe like uh releasing justin fields like defenses are kind of like oh he's he's gonna like uh scramble and get out of this play and open he's opening plays up and freeing cole Komet because it will be a linebacker on him more than likely yeah. that that 
as looking at him and yeah, it's free and that's that up. That's exactly what happened on that touchdown. Is like yeah. field, Fields obviously had a it was a design play, so he came out of the pocket, scrambled, the linebacker stepped up, commit yep. dropped past his, his linebacker and went. And um yeah, that that's not a broken play as some people described it. That's just a great piece of yep. play design and play calling and having two incredible athletes on your team. Yep. We'll talk more about Fields later. He's uh, he's obviously been on a tear, and we've talked about it in previous weeks. I'd so. talk about him on my matchup. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but carry on. <laughs> uh, any uh, any further headlines for you? No, I think I'm all good. I've got, yeah, happy to move on. All right, cool. Well, that's the end of the headline section. We'll move on to a review of this week's matchups. Uh, so first up, me versus Kyle. Uh, this was an absolute battering. Um, Kyle's team really performed well this week uh, and his victory moves him up to second place outright and he's only one Murchy B away from the top spot. Um, we talked about Mahomes earlier, uh, his continued greatness, um, but he also had massive weeks from Christian Kirk and James Connor versus their projections. So they weren't expected to get the kind of level of points that they got and, and those performances really set Kyle up for the victory. Uh, he also managed to add Hargrave from Waivers plugged him into his lineup and he immediately uh, got 26 points in a, in a loss as well. Um, and I think I'm going to come on when we talk about IDP to talk about the importance of tackles, uh, particularly in losing games. And that was it for Hargrave. He had like 13 or 14 tackles and, and that's just like, you know, massive in, in IDP scoring. Uh, my team stunk. Uh, absolute dud performances from AJ Brown, DeAndre Swift, Chris Alave, and then I had no Kyler and Burrow, which meant I had to fall back on my on my backup uh, quarterback. So just a really crappy week, but still in the playoff positions. It's all very, very close. So I'm hoping I can get a, a better matchup this week um, and, uh, and and get a victory and get back into winning ways. I wish you all the best. No, you don't. I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next matchup was Ed versus the Ballings duo. Uh, I think you're going to take this one. It ended up 229 to 196. Yes. Uh, Ed, high scoring team this week. I uh, don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, but uh, unfortunately for the Ballings duo, this happens a lot. They, they score high and they lose. So I think... They're very happy about the Murchison bonus, bonus point. I know I'm not, but whatever. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, uh, yeah. Ed, Ed started strong with uh, Dante Foreman, the scoring 25 points. I mean, you start like that, and on the opposite team, Carl Pitts not doing bits. I uh, think he got two receptions for 28 yards, which is poor. Ed Lamb also had the Prescott Lamb connection this week. Uh, that got him 64 points, which is very impressive. Um, but he's got to be concerned with Cooper Cup, who had a high ankle sprain this week. And is he out for about six, four to six weeks or something like that? He's having surgery. He's on IR. He's out for four weeks, they're saying. But you never know with an ankle surgery, um, you know, whether whether he is able to come back at the end of his IR window um, and, and be fully fit. And you never know if the Rams are in the tank by then, which they certainly could be because they have been dreadful. Uh, they might shut him down for the season. Shouldn't say that. Trying to sell him in another league. Cooper Cup, <laughs> come get him, guys. Uh, I've also got uh, uh, Brady not done. All right. <laughs> That's twice Welcome he mentioned at, it. Yeah. He's 4-0 and in National Series since uh, first play in 2009. So, you know. Um, the Bucks 
played okay. Like I said, wasn't enough. Fournette is a slight worry, but Devin yeah. White, a beast again, 37 points, but unlucky ballings. Well done, Ed. Yeah, it's very close um, at the top now. It is. It's, it's all compressed massively, hasn't it? We'll definitely talk about Devin White when we get into that IDP yeah. focus later yeah. on. All right. Uh, Valen versus Franco's third matchup to talk about. Um, I've got this one, uh, 203 uh, versus 178. Mr. 178 scored 178. There's <laughs> absolutely no surprise there from Mr. Limited. Uh, Valen just, he just had the firepower uh, with that incredible Justin Jefferson week that we talked about. And then Saquon continuing to be the guy that we all hoped he was uh, and hasn't been for several years, but he put up 28 points as well. Uh, Valen actually surprised, survived a few underperformances uh, in his team this week, but because his team is actually super talented and and you know, had massively high projections, he was able to be under his point projection by 30 points and still win by a solid 20. So, um, you know, he's going to continue to stack up points with those running backs that he's got. Um, Franco did what he does. He scored 178. Fair play. Well um, done. Yeah, the projection might have might have said 198, but we all knew it was 178. And uh, of course, uh, two weeks running now, Franco's players have put up a lovely little bagel. So um, um, the bagel forfeit is going to have to come into force at some point. Uh, Ceh this week uh, being absolute toilet. Um, yeah. Um, final matchup: yourself versus Steve. <clears throat> 180 versus 135. I creeped the lowest score. So, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, bad management. I put my hands yeah. up. I should have won this uh, won this game. Uh, I've got, in my defense, um, what, it was Derek Henry. I'm not going to not start Derek Henry. Uh, and I didn't think uh, Scary Terry would put up against the Eagles. Um, but he did, and uh, but I I did go into week nine and week ten. I know everybody's got these bye week problems, and I thought to myself, if I if I don't win these ones, I'll be okay. Hopefully, get back to normal at week eleven, but we'll see. Jonathan Taylor, not a bust. All right, all right. High score in RB, yeah. <laughs> all right, you, you just keep telling yourself that. Yeah, Saturday knows what he's doing. I'm telling you. That's a Yeah. Uh, I had uh, comments on on Justin Fields. So yes, he now holds two of the top twenty-five fantasy scores of all time. Wow. There are only two other two quarterbacks uh, have got three. So Lamar's got three, and Aaron Rodgers has got three. Uh, Justin Fields has got two, and I certainly wouldn't bank against him having a third one or even a fourth one this season. Uh, he is a fantasy gold mine. He's the first player to score back-to-back sixty-yard rushing touchdowns. Yeah, um, I, I, I did the stupid thing where I've still got my sleeper updates on for big plays, and I was watching <laughs> the game with Ed, and I was like, "Oh for fuck!" And he was like, "What?" And then it cut to the Bears game. He's like, "Oh, I know what's going to happen here, then." <laughs> I took the uh, Justin Fields over under rushing yards, which was like 59 this week. So that was uh, pretty They're easily nailed. Played. Yep. That's going to adjust this week, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Bonus leave... point for Steve, though, which is no. unfortunate. Yeah. He's got, like, like everybody in the league, he's got tight end problems. And Walker and ATN were kind of held this week. Yeah. 
you leaving 80 points on the bench is a uh, tough one, mate. I got, um, I didn't know these were the rules, but I, I had bench warmer of the week, uh, Watson. He's in my taxi squad. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's still technically your bench. <laughs> yeah, but he did well. That's always nice to see. I've got that one for the future, hopefully. But Jordan Love will come in next season, so that will go to shit again. <laughs> uh, I did actually have the question as to whether you have gotten over the Murchie B yet. And clearly the answer from the podcast so far is no, you haven't. So, you know, we'll just um, leave it at that. I, do you want to leave it at that? I, I, yeah, let's I, just leave no, it. I, I don't, but it's cool, whatever. <laughs> I just, I got phase just so bad, you need a bonus point after me, you know? That's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's the end of the matchups we will move on now to looking ahead to next week's matchup so first up me versus franco expected to be quite close um 190 to 195 we know it'll be 178 but fine whatever <laughs> sleeper uh swift only playing 30 percent of snaps is a real worry for me and i'm probably going to bench him this week uh oh. i may bottle that later on and plug him into my lineup just in case he, he does have a good week but um yeah my my team looks okay ish this week um franco's relying on uh zeke and keenan allen being fit <laughs> <laughs> oh god we all know that there's another bagel coming this week if he starts one of those two <laughs> uh good luck franco moving on uh you versus uh, Ed this week um, expected to not be close at all. One ninety four to two thirty seven. The projections are currently saying Jake uh, Lamar and Mark Andrews are back, so hopefully that puts my score back to where it should be. Uh, still unsure about what wide receivers to start. Um, Gabe had a big week this week, so he's not going to have one next week. That's Gabe, <laughs> so I got to keep an eye on that one. Uh, any choice will be the wrong one. Uh, same with um, TJ Watt and Max Crosby. Uh, but yeah, cup out for Ed. Tyreek's on a bye, and he's not got great options on the bench. So I hope I win this one, obviously. But yeah, Ed's gonna have to start J Rob and Kenyon Drake. So I think you'll be all right, mate. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not very confident. Of course, I am. But we'll see. Steve versus uh, the Ballins duo, uh, expected to be the lowest scoring matchup of the week. One seven three versus one six nine, so a close one. Uh, some some big issues for Steve, I think, this week. I looked at his starting lineup, and he is starting Josh Palmer, Drake London, Robert Tonyan, Logan Thomas, Michael Gallup, Melvin Gordon, and Kadarius Tony. Yikes! That is grim reading. He'll probably put up 250 again now, but <laughs> I, I look at that starting lineup and go, oof, grim. Uh, bye week issues for, for Ballins. Um, they got Damian Harris starting uh, running back, and obviously he's not featured much uh, since Ramondre kind of burst out. Um, I don't know if he's kind of gotten over the injury and the illness he had during the bye week, um, but I would not be starting him with a lot of confidence. And then they are also plugging in Mike Williams into their lineup. Um, I don't know if he's going to be fit and they have got other options, but obviously Mike Williams is a, is a big play uh, guy for them and, and capable of putting up 30. I don't think the guys they've got on the bench have. So this could be a tight one, but I'd give the edge to ball ins just based on that 
uh, rogues gallery of players that I listed out for for Steve. They've uh, Mike Williams is a late game as well, so they need to make a choice really. Yeah, on that one quite early. Yeah. Uh, last matchup uh, for this coming week, then Valen versus Kyle. The big matchup of the week: two thirty-two versus two twenty. Uh, Kyle actually set his lineup. Yeah, well, yep. I gave him some shit about it, so okay. I'm glad he did. Well done. Yep, yep. Um, he's starting Duvernay. Uh, I know Bateman's out. Uh, and yeah, so not uh, not even going to mention their tight ends because everybody's got tight end problems, and it's yeah. uh, one of those positions. But yeah, Carl uh, lost Ertz this week, did he? Yeah. Yeah, um, and he's got uh, bye week issues as well. He's going to, have to start Jared Goff. Yeah, is uh, Miles Garrett? He's not starting him. I don't know how he gets away with that. Like that for me would be one of the toughest choices. But he is he he, he gets it right every time. He's not quite the IDP whisperer like Franco, but he uh, <laughs> he does well. Uh, Carl's on a six win streak. Yeah. But I do like. I do like uh, Val's team this week. His running back depth is incredible. Like having White in the taxi squad as well, it's just is incredible. I know uh, bloody running backs. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's Valen's continuing to succeed even though he's got Jimmy G and Mister Limited at uh, quarterback. <laughs> um, you know those those running backs just mask uh, a litany of other problems. Oh, I do Jimmy it. G stat right. So Jimmy G. It's ten and two when he doesn't pass uh, TD. Yeah, because the 49ers game is basically molded around running the ball to death, and if you have to have Jimmy G pass the incredible. ball, you are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like zero TD pass, ten and two, just yeah. run the ball, run it down their throats. Yeah, and this week, like you know, I know we're going off topic here, but Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey one two uh, that looked very dangerous. It was interesting. Yeah. Like McCaffrey had something like fourteen of the first sixteen carries, and then only three of the last nineteen. Um, so it, it's almost like they switched uh, from the first half to the second half. But Mitchell was just getting like chunk gains. He was just is because he's so physical he was yeah. just battering through uh the the sort of linebacking core um really really good to see but the problem with that for the Niners is that every game ends up being pretty close because you're just trying yeah. to run it down your opponent's throat all the time mm-hmm. so yeah cool all right um so that is the end of projections for next week so this week's special feature, uh, we are going to focus on IDP or individual defensive players. Uh, something that was uh, new for us uh, this season. I said the whole league was new for us this season, but we hadn't done this as a as a group before. And it was a, a feature of setting up the league that was suggested, I think, by Kyle, um, who always wants to see something rogue going on in the league. So it's been good fun so far. And I thought we'd spend some time talking about it. And uh, I thought I'd get you on, Jake, because I could trust you to go deep into the uh, the facts and the figures and, and focus. And you've got some great defensive players on the buck. So it was a good, I thought it was, you would be a really good guest for this. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about IDP uh, because we've got some listeners who probably don't know what IDP is. And when I say listeners, I mean Jack Pike. Um <laughs> Uh, and actually, my brother-in-law started listening to this, so we now have. I got two my mate at work listening. Dan, shout oh, out Dan, nice. shout out Dan. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So we've got some listeners who may not know what IDP is. So individual defensive players. So normally in uh, fantasy football, you would have a defensive team. So you you pick a team like a really good defensive team like the Niners and you get points according to things like turnovers. Um, whereas with individual defensive players, you pick a single player and there is a scoring mechanism associated with that. And it goes a little bit more into uh, the actual kind of like stats of defensive players like tackles and things like that. So we currently have one IDP slot which has been good fun. But I think we had a conversation earlier this season on the pod and we are talking about moving that to one per position. So typically in IDP leagues, when you have it per position, you have um, defensive line, line, linebacker and defensive back. Those are the three traditional IDP positions. And we're talking about moving to having one each per lineup. And then we'd obviously have to expand the benches as well, because we'd want to have backups for each of those. So I think there's some talk about the mechanism by which we might do that. Um, I think we need to work that out, but I think it'd be really good fun to expand the league in that way this season. Um, Absolutely. Scheme and seasonal performance is much more variable for IDP players than it, it is for kind of offensive players. Um, you and, and team, you know, players from bad teams can become stars. And we talked about this in the Eagles game this week where Kyle had plugged in Hargrave. He had a massive amount of tackles in a losing game. So you can still have like these huge games from players who are on teams that are less relevant just because the tackle volumes are really, really important to IDP. Um, the the kind of thing you focus on is tackles and turnovers. That's how you should look at your players and, and draft accordingly. Tackles gives you the the solid floor, and then turnovers gives you the the kind of spiky points weeks. Um, good players in an IDP format are generally worth a second round rookie pick, uh, sort of mid mid to late. But the elite players like Parsons, uh, Bosa, etc., they may be worth uh, a late first, dependent on on your league and dependent on how much people are willing to pay for one of those really differential players. Um, from a scoring mechanism, uh, the the traditional scoring mechanism that goes with this is called IDP one two three. So you get one point for a QB hit or an assisted tackle, two points for a solo tackle or a tackle for loss, three points for things like forced fumbles, uh, fumble recovery, safeties, block punts, stuff like that. And then you get the six points for the big uh, game-changing ones, the sacks, the INTs, the touchdowns. Uh, so that's the, that's the scoring mechanism that we have. That's the one that most people recognize. There is an even more niche version of IDP called true position. Uh, and in that situation, uh, you start to get some differential in the defensive um, in the defensive end line. So you end up with uh, defensive tackles as a position. So people like Aaron Donald um, and, and people like that. And then you have what's called edge rushers. So rather than having just defensive ends and linebackers, you have the edge rushers. So the Nick Bosa's uh, and the linebackers that come off the edge and get the sacks as well. And then you have inside linebackers, so the big tackle guys and defensive backs. So in true position, uh, you end up with four categories of IDP. Sleeper doesn't currently offer that. They are apparently going to offer it next year. So we can kind of think about whether that is something we want to do, but that is pretty niche by all accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last thing to say is that the typical value that people look at, you know, when you're valuing IDP players is that the premier players tend to be those inside linebackers with the high tackle floors. Then it's your 
um, outside linebackers and your defensive ends and then defensive backs tends to be uh, the one that is at the end of the value because seasonally they are more variable uh, and they don't get kind of so many of the big point scores as some of the other guys. So that's my kind of uh, IVP primer. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Jake? Uh, not really. I think you uh, nailed, nailed it, mate. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of an IDP monologue there. So sorry for those who don't like the sound of my voice. Um, I mean, if you don't like the sound of my voice, don't listen to this podcast. There's an awful lot of it. Um, right. So I think, Jake, the thing we were going to do was we were going to rank uh, our kind of top four players um, by defensive line, by linebacker, and then defensive back. And we'll, we'll alternate a bit. Um, so starting off with uh, the defensive line, um, I think who are we? Who are you going to talk about, Jake? Who was your first guy on your list? Uh, first guy on my list was Mika Parsons. Is that correct? Yeah, we absolutely. Going number one first. Yeah, I, well, I, so uh, I, I, I don't think at this stage we can probably rank them. Let's just say who our top four are and in in okay. no particular order. So yeah, I'll you take Mika Parsons, here. mate. Yeah, um, first off the board in our draft this year by Franco, he went early with him and everyone was like, what's he doing? But I get it. He's, he, he puts up the numbers. He can play in a linebacker or D-line in sleeper app, which is very yeah. handy. Um, yeah, I, what, what's your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an amazing player, isn't he? Um, he was yeah. brilliant, brilliant last season in his rookie season. And again, he's not like the top point scorer, but I think, like you said, that positional flexibility um, this season sort of doesn't matter. But next season, having Franco, having him and being able to plug him in at linebacker or defensive line uh, is going to going to be absolutely brilliant for him if he has bye weeks or injuries or whatever. So I think he is probably the most valuable IDP player yeah, at the moment uh, and certainly, you know, kind of ranks there uh, in, in kind of like the dynasty ranks. Um, sure. I had Nick Bosa in, in my, in my top four, I've got him on my team uh, and he's a niner. And so obviously I would love him. Don't like his political views. Uh, never mind. Um, but he's, <laughs> he's absolutely incredible. The guys, uh, you know, been, been on a tear for all of his, uh, all of his career when he's been fit, puts up a, a ton of points through sacks, but also through tackles. He's a disruptor. Uh, he's ranked uh, in the top points, uh, uh, for for this season uh, in the inside the top five, and he's certainly ranked in the top three for dynasty um, IDP players as well. You had uh, no, you had. Um, I didn't have anybody. You didn't, did you? You were thinking about TJ no. Watt. So I was thinking about TJ Watt, but like you said, I, that week one performance really phased me, um, and you you expect that. I think he got 37 points and I was expecting it. But like you said, tackles, he doesn't get tackles no. and you're relying on points. Um, I think I had, this is the, I, I drafted CJ Mosley. He was a tackling leader last season and I wish I kept him, but I dropped him thinking, Oh, I'll just put what in and it'll, it'll perform. But yeah, tackles are important. Yeah, definitely. TJ, what even in his record breaking season last year, didn't crack the top five in defensive line just doesn't get the tackles. Um, right. So you see players uh, in the top points this season, like there's some old guys in there. I say old, like relative to uh, me, 
Uh, they're quite young because uh, they're 30. But Matthew Judon is uh, third in points scored. Zedarius yep. Smith is fourth in points scored. None of those guys rank highly in kind of dynasty rankings, um, you know, just because of their age. Uh, mm-hmm. But those are the guys. They're getting the tackles off the edge as well as the sacks. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where why TJ Watt falls down. And then the other one I had, um, he's not in the top points score this season or not in the top five anyway. Max Crosby, who's been bloody amazing for the Raiders uh, and has been for a couple of years now. Um, again, doesn't quite crack the top five in dynasty ranks. They've got players like um, Aaron Donald and Daniel Hunter nearer the top than Max Crosby. But I think Max Crosby will certainly shoot up that list because he's still relatively young uh, and he's yep. such a disruptive player. Absolutely. Any other thoughts on defensive line? Uh, I wanted to talk about Chase Young little return this week but like you said he's in the same boat as TJ Watt uh, not high on his tackles but it's going to be excited to see him back yeah absolutely he's a great player to watch isn't he yeah um, so linebacker linebackers are an interesting one uh, this season the top point scorer is uh, Jordan Brooks Aluakon Devin White, who you will definitely talk about. And then Zaire Franklin, who's really having an outlier season for him, uh, massively higher than than he's ever been before. So I don't don't really see that as um as being something that is kind of cons- consistent and sustainable. Linebacker is one where the rankings uh that that dynasty nerds have and the points scored are pretty consistent. And I think that's because of that solid tackles floor. So I think you wanted to jump in and talk about Devin White, your boy from the Bucks. Yeah, great player. Um I think he's third at the moment, isn't he? Two force fumbles, 76 tackles, five sacks. Um I think it helps having a good linebacking duo as well. Like someone there to help you out. He's got Levante David. Um I've got a stat here, a great stat this one. Uh, <laughs> White is just the second player since 2000 to record 400 plus tackles and 20 or more sacks during his first se- uh, first four seasons in the NFL. Can you name the other player? Not a chance, mate. Former Bear star Brian Erlacher. Oh wow, that is a seriously amazing comparison. Yeah, exactly. Hall of Famer. Like, is he is like he's racking up. 30 points. This is why Baldins are getting their bonus point every week because I believe Devin White. <laughs> He's just, it's, it's great. It's great to have him on the Bucks. And obviously for Baldins, great to have him on the team. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about Jordan Brooks, highest point scorer this season for, for the Seahawks, sort of as, as burst out of nowhere, drafted uh, in the first round of the 2020 draft, had a, an all right season uh, in, in his first season, but this year has been uh, absolutely fantastic, racking up 75 tackles already. Um, so, you know, he really epitomizes that um, that point about linebackers and the tackle tackles just being so valuable. He has been great for the Seahawks. You know, they've plugged it. They've got an amazing linebacker heritage um, and, and they've just plugged him in and he's been absolutely superb. They've had some good players on the back end as well. But when you're not able to to run too much on a team because they've got a linebacker like that, who's a real stopper, reminds me a bit of like Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman for the Niners, uh, those guys, you just couldn't run through them at all. So he looks like he's going to be uh, a future star. Well, already is a star and will continue to to be one. Um, you wanted to talk about Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, fifth at the moment. Uh, he had an amazing time in Chicago. But I noticed um, 
his replacement, Sanborn, is putting up impressive numbers now already. Like they just put him in. I guess is what they do in Chicago. Um, he slowed down a little bit, mainly because of the trade. Probably doesn't know the playbook in Baltimore, but once once he's done that, I think his numbers would improve to normal, no doubt. Yeah, great, great, great player. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a, obviously being a star continues to be seen in that way. And the, the trade is brilliant for the Ravens. I think brilliant for him as well. As good as Chicago is starting to look now, uh, he's now on a contending team and, and that's awesome. Yep. Uh, this guy's name I'm going to absolutely butcher, uh, but my next kind of ranked guy is Aluacon from the Jags. Um, uh, I talked last week about my my thoughts on the Jags in general, but he is another player who's um, who's become absolutely fantastic. He had a great season uh, last season, I think, um, and he's also been absolutely brilliant this year. He is highly ranked um, uh, in, in kind of dynasty rankings and certainly uh, a player to own. He's currently level on points with Jordan Brooks. Um, and he's put up uh, 68 tackles so far this season. Um, he's, he just looks like a, another absolutely disruptive guy. And Jacksonville have had some really good defensive players over the, over their time, but this guy looks like he could be uh, a stalwart of their defense for the next five or so years. Is uh, this position, the, the IDP, like, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard of this guy. Uh, like these players, some of these players just go under the radar, don't they? And they're like, okay. And now he's scored like 50 points in one game. And like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't think I would have done if we hadn't been doing IDP and I hadn't been sort of noticing, who's this guy? It's like just racking yeah. up like 25 points a game. Yeah. This is mad. Yeah. But it's good brilliant. I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on linebackers? Uh, I don't think I've got anything, mate. No, cool. It's always a yeah. always a position I've loved. These guys hit proper hard, and uh, they're good fun to watch. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get, getting involved in them from a fantasy perspective is is good fun. Like I, uh, yeah, Niners have had a succession of good linebackers, and, and I, I did say I was going to give an honourable mention to Fred Warner, who I I think sits just outside the Dynasty Nerds top ten uh, for for players. He's just brilliant to watch. He he doesn't quite stat get the stats that some of the other guys do. And I think that's because the the Niners defensive line is not particularly porous. So he doesn't quite get as many tackles, but he's a brilliant player to watch. And as, as the team captain, as the, the, the kind of play caller on the defense, he's, uh, he's brilliant. Uh, okay. Moving on to defensive backs. Um, so I, this is one where, like I said, the seasonal volatility is really interesting. And when I look at, who is ranked uh, in the Dynasty Nerds ranking, and then who's been good this season. The only player that's really consistent is Derwin James, uh, who is the top point scorer at defensive back this year and is also the number one ranked defensive back by Dynasty Nerds. I'll talk about him in a minute. But you've got players like um, Gardner Johnson, who's been really good for the Eagles this season. He was okay for the Saints, but he's been brilliant for the Eagles this season. And then you've got Eddie Jackson and Ajarius Sneed, who... um, were good last season, but now they've emerged as these top point scorers this season. And neither, none of those guys were were ranked uh, kind of near the top of the Dynasty Nerds rankings who had players like Buda Baker and uh, Jeremy Chin and Minka Fitzpatrick higher, higher than these guys. So just really interesting to see the volatility in this position. Um, Derwin James, I said I was going to mention... I, he's my number one guy. I think he is the overall number one guy from a defensive backs position. Yeah. Uh, he is a brilliant playmaker. 
uh, gets an, uh, a ton of tackles, a ton of assisted tackles, tackles for loss because he gets in the backfield a bit. So he gets the sacks that maybe other defensive backs don't get. But he's just mm-hmm. he's just brilliant for the Chargers. And uh, I, I really enjoy watching players like that play. You wanted to, uh, you, you were going to talk about Source Gardner, weren't you, mate? Yeah, Source Gardner. Um, was second round, uh, second pick in the draft, was he, for the Jets? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it was a bit later, uh, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, he was a bit later because oh. there was a, there's, um, Stingley went for the Texans before Source, didn't he? I think Source went sixth. Okay. Could yeah, but he's, he's set for uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, massive play against the Bills on that in that game which has he conceded a touchdown yet i know he was he's be- he's barely allowed a pass so no. yeah so you know yeah that that but yeah very impressive for a rookie as well it's just amazing then he's got a long future and uh hopefully he stays healthy and uh puts up the numbers but like you said like this cornerback position is so all over the place like you think of the big names like Xavier Howard and Lattimore then these guys they haven't put up any numbers but they're the best in that position and it's just it's it's yeah it's a weird one this one it is isn't it because uh, and it's it's interesting with Source actually being quite high on it like you remember Revis uh in his heyday he didn't get targeted and he didn't make tackles yeah. Because yeah. no one went anywhere near him. So you, mm-hmm. you can be these kind of elite guys and never actually end up being a high point scorer because no one's going anywhere near you. And that may be like sources undoing from a fantasy perspective, which doesn't matter to him at all. It's like, you know, the, the guy's just not going to get targeted if he continues yeah, to be as I good agree. as he Yeah. Um, the other guy I had on my list uh, is uh, Hufunga for the 49ers again a very homer pick uh for me but he's been absolutely brilliant as a rookie uh he's he he looks like Troy Polamalu he uh has been trained by Troy Polamalu so all of the kind of like um uh kind of recognition is there and the comparisons and stuff like that but he's already had four interceptions uh he's got a lot of tackles he's got a sack he just looks like he's shot out of a cannon every time he comes uh, comes down into the box. Uh, I love having him on the team and, and that Niners defense being number one, that is in no small part to due, due to how good he has been in coverage uh, and just being a being a great playmaker. So he's not on anybody's roster yet. Um uh, he will be. Um, I'm pretty sure by the end of the, by the end of this season, as people start to think about what they want to do for next season, I don't think we want to allow people to just load up their rosters now with defensive players. We might want people to toss some players back in the pool, but uh, he'll definitely be high on my draft list. It's probably a shame that you and I are doing this and kind of laying out our IDP strategy yeah, for everybody. Plans, yeah. But um, you know, it's all right. Everyone <laughs> will have drunk enough uh, by by the time we actually get around to doing it that no one will remember this podcast. But yeah, Ifanga, <laughs> great player. Who was who was the last guy? on your list mate because I know you mentioned a few big names there yeah um, I've like I was I I couldn't pick so you got Yaminka Fitzpatrick who had a huge game against Joe Burrow week one I think he got over 40 points but like Jalen Ramsey oh, I know he's been out but I've always loved Denzel Ward Um, he puts up some numbers as well with Cleveland but so I couldn't choose couldn't choose Oh, fair enough, mate. There, there are loads of good players, as you said. Yeah, I, I'm always somewhat disparaging of Jalen Ramsey, and I think it is because he doesn't come across particularly well. 
Um, and he plays for the Rams. So I was like, oh, don't talk about Jalen Ramsey. I looked at his numbers. He's like, yeah, you probably got to talk about Jalen Ramsey because uh, yeah. he actually does put up good good fantasy numbers uh, as well as uh, obviously being a big name player. Whether he's mm-hmm. quite as good as he as he makes out he is, I don't know. I think the same about Lattimore. Like Lattimore has got Mike Evans's number, um, yeah, but he doesn't I really agree. seem to have anyone else's number. So. Mm, he's yeah. a weird one he came out with a lot of hype and he was good in season one but I, I think the reality is he's he's not actually as good as uh, as his rep is just loves winding Mike Evans up always a yeah. fight those two yeah I love it <laughs> what was the one was it Akeem Tlaib and uh, Michael Crabtree back in the day with the chain snatching with the chain yeah yeah that yeah. this is this is the new version of that I want Mike Evans to turn up wearing a chain who was the other one who paid for the Texans at Finnegan? Court. Don't know, mate. Don't remember that one. He was a he was a nasty boy, as Ed Lamb, aka the Taylor used to say. Cortland Finnegan. Yeah, he yeah. used to go out punching. Shout out to the Taylor. We didn't do any uh, height and weight today, but you know. no, I've got that in my notes as well. Damn. All right. I'll well, we'll, to, we'll, we'll save it, for Fred. It's a, it's a special yeah, subject. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the height and weight <laughs> podcast later in the season. Just listing out a bunch of players. Ah, our height and weight. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, any any final comments on IDP, mate? No. So yeah, like I said, I had the idea of the defensive, like the three positions. I think that's that'll be good. Um, yeah, because when you. you when you, your team's on defense, like you say, we haven't got individual defenses in this league um, and you've always got something to like cheer for. And when you've got, you're on the other side of the ball, it's not all about offense all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, but about um, keeping players or trading and putting them all back so we can do a draft, maybe like keep one or something like that. And because I know Frank has got like six or seven, Maybe yeah, eight. he's basically mostly IDP players. <laughs> so maybe something like that. But yeah, we, we'll discuss that when the time comes. Yeah, Franco's going to have to let one of his favourite children go. <laughs> the IDP send, whisperer. Send I'm him to the orphanage. Ask him, about, ask him to come on with this one. He loves it. Uh, mate, I needed to keep the podcast under three hours. <laughs> uh, right. Cool. That was a good... Good section, mate. Uh, I think hopefully everyone's kind of like a little bit more wised up on IDP now and they know our draft strategies. Um, So moving on to the last section uh, of the pod, uh, the traditional interview section. I had some good questions in for you last week. A few late entries. I already asked you one of them uh, around whether you've gotten over the Merchy B. You haven't. uh, That's fine. So question number one. Jake, your team is uncharacteristically good this season. Sly dig. Is Jesse's yeah, co-management you. the key to your success? Uh, the short answer, no. She picked, she's picked the team once this year, and that was on uh, Bumstag doing. I got absolutely demolished that week, and I said to her, "Look, I'm, you're not doing that again." And uh, <laughs> she hasn't been anywhere. Near. I she get I get the sly comment, like she's interested when she's not. That oh, how are we getting on? Like just yeah, you, know, you don't care. But no, it's all me, baby. I had that question from three different people. So you've given a great answer there. I don't think anybody believes you. Um, so we'll, well, we'll just move on. Um, carry on. What has been your favorite fantasy football moment? Uh, so I know I, I'm a bit upset with you. Given too much shit 
about like Trent Richardson. What you stop slagging Trent Richardson off? Seriously, I want a championship. Three point four yards per carry for his career. That was that was my highlight. Having Trent Richardson winning the championship. Yeah. All right. That was well. Yeah, that should be a highlight because you overcame Trent Richardson. (laughs) For his (laughs) one season, I think all downhill from there. It was more like uphill. That was the problem. (laughs) Good. Um, do you miss being the commissioner of the League of Legends? No. Simple answer. Can I just leave it at that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no stress. Yeah. Next. If you could relegate this a member is... of the breakaway and bring in a new person, who would you relegate? Who would you bring oh, in and why? I thought, I thought about this one. And <laughs> the correct answer is nobody. But if I had to choose... Um, Steve obviously isn't real, you know this, so we could just get rid of him easily. And uh new person. He's a bit quiet in the fantasy chat, but I think Nick Rowe. Nick Rowe could do good good things in this league. Uh I can't think of anyone else. Can't think I mean of anybody Jack, else. Jack Pike's listening to this devastated. Oh shit. you don't think it's him. Oh fuck. He's gonna All be right. mad at me, isn't he? Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll reach out to Nick Rose agents. Um, okay. Clearly, if we get rid of Steve, you guys can stop paying the acting fees to you know th- yep, this whoever absolutely. this geezer was at the wedding. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably the right answer. To be honest, mate. Yep. Get rid of him. What uh, question <laughs> that is? Uh, you are going to work out who this is obviously yeah, from. Yep. You son of a bitch! What offensive <laughs> position would Arnie play? Uh, center. <laughs> Is that right? What would you go for? I mean, let's go fantasy relevant uh, position. I mean, the obvious answer is tight end. Yeah, or fullback. <laughs> uh, he would punch some yeah, holes, thank- no doubt. Absolutely. Thanks for that one, Baker. Yeah, was good it question. Baker? It was Baker. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, it was. Doubt myself. And uh, this one, oh, I mean, God. I saw. I know this is from. But you're yeah. gonna have to explain the story for the podcast listeners. Jake, so how much are you benching these days? Uh so when we were at a party around my good mother, who is going to be the newest member of this uh, league, Nick Rose, uh, we went on the uh, the multi gym, whatever you want to call it, and. I just couldn't lift. I just, I, I'm just so weak. And then Susie got on there and she was lifting it. I was like, fucking hell. And uh, ever since then, everyone's taken the piss. But in the end, I think I benched the same as her. So whatever Susie's benching, just have to ask her. So, so you haven't been, you know, down the gym since then, really bulking up your bench press and, you know, trying to no. trying to make sure that should the situation arise, you can out bench press Susie Ganey. Um, last time I went to the gym was Fieldways in 2007, I think, and I, I just used a swimming pool, and that was about it, really. <laughs> so the answer is not much, not much. No, but thanks for the question. Mate. Yeah, no, no worries. Well, that's the end of the questions. Uh, that just leaves me to see if you've got any final thoughts for the podcast. Any uh, any other shout outs you want to make? I gotta give a shout out. I've shouted him out already. He's a good man, Dan Bear Taylor. He said he's uh, our newest listener. I'll send this to him. Hopefully, he makes it to the end so he gets his shout out. He's not gonna be uh, 
bored by it, but uh, hopefully, well, it was a good podcast. Yeah, I, I, you're doing great things, Spike. I heard we're seventy third, seventy first in football podcast now, are we? That was on Apple Music. I, I haven't checked the Spotify um, uh, score yet uh, in terms of like where we rank, but the numbers are going up week on week in terms of like number of times started, number of uh, full listens. So. Clearly, you know, we're cutting through the podcast stratosphere and uh, it won't be long until I'm a Spotify billionaire. So I look Absolutely. forward to it. Get some, uh, get some sponsors. We need to get that soundboard money, don't we? So oh, That's right. That that was uh, Jack Pike's idea, wasn't it, soundboard? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle's yeah. already been sending me numerous links. Um, I think he just expects me to fund it out of my own pocket. Uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> subs. We need subs. Yeah, well, you know, on that point, like and subscribe, uh, share it on Instagram. I will be trying to do that properly this week. I didn't last week. Uh, give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're on. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as Peter Crouch would say, pass the pod. Link in um, bio. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the episode. Uh, until next week, let's ride.